One of the highlights of my three years at Canine was having Marika as a roommate. It's hard to explain, even to ourselves, how we clicked so well, having quite different personalities. But I can only assume that our love for the house, and beyond it, our true passion for a collaborative way of life, definitely had something to do with it. In the second episode of The Humans Inside the Pods, we talk about how she ended up in a shared house with 50 people, the difference it makes to be in an intentional community and not simply in a flat share, the power of laughter, the learnings and challenges of a life with so many, the impact of the pandemic on her and her housemates' lives, and what the next step after co-living could be. We hope you find it inspiring. Okay, let's just dive in then. Yes. Hi, Marika. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I think it's great if we, I mean, I know you, but I think it's great if you start by just, uh, yeah, just introducing yourself. Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so my name is Marika. I am from Italy and I, um, I don't know, <laughs> should I go professionally? <laughs> Um, okay, you from my human side, yeah. The time in the world, you can just <laughs> where you feel like defines yourself right now. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so I um, I met Morgan. I met you when uh, when we were sharing our room in uh, in Stockholm. So uh, basically, home uh, to to do my PhD, uh, and then right after I moved to Stockholm I find I found the uh, canine and I moved in um, and uh, yeah it's been three years and uh, right now I'm still doing my PhD um, yeah I mean trying to survive through the pandemic and all the changes that comes with that and uh, adapting to to everything challenging time for everybody can't complain yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so I am right now in holiday in uh, in Italy and yeah everything is so weird I don't know especially coming from Sweden where everything was uh, different during the pandemic I feel like I, I had no idea what's going on anywhere in the world and in here in Sweden it's everything up in the air but yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh yeah I mean so many topics to dive in I don't know uh, do you want to share what type of PhD you're doing or do you think that's not relevant I don't know we can go there or we can talk about something else <laughs> yeah I mean I can uh yeah sure I'm doing my PhD on epidemiology which is again very in line with what's happening right now but yeah. I'm not looking at uh infectious diseases instead I'm looking at mental health uh so I focus on depression and uh, doing a PhD on epidemiology um, in uh, in Sweden, I guess, it, or in, in Scandinavia in general, it's the best thing you can do, I guess, uh, because of the amazing data that they they have available for yeah. for research. Yeah, so it's a very interesting country. They're very very organized. So I, I remember before moving to Sweden, everybody said how Sweden was going to be extremely organized and I never expected to be <laughs> to that point so basically yeah sure I am just like analyzing a lot of data and trying to make sense out of it and trying to you know yeah so is that why you went to Sweden because of your studies yeah sure I mean yeah. uh, it wasn't an active choice it just happened uh, in the sense that um, I, I was studying in Scotland uh, and one once I was about to graduate I wanted to I wanted to do a master's or a PhD and so I started to apply a little bit everywhere in, in Europe and then this opportunity came along and, and I was very excited to to jump on board but I didn't know what I was getting into it because <laughs> you know you never prepare for a PhD I feel um, I mean you have the idea you kind of want to but especially if you move to another area because my area of, of like my, my my area of studies was a little bit different so I really didn't know that much but I, I felt inspired and so I moved and then I just I discovered that was a super you know luck <laughs> move yeah. it was a, a lucky move so um def definitely um it was I didn't choose it but thank god uh that <laughs> thank this god thing that you ended up chose there. me yeah. yeah exactly 
exactly. <laughs> and so, so you moved to Sweden, and uh, and I think if I remember correctly, Kinine is the the first place you lived in. I mean, like you you immediately applied. I mean, you looked for sharing a space, right? Or yeah. were you looking for something else? Like, how did you get? How did you end up in Kinine, basically? Sure. Um, no, I, yeah, more or less what you just said. So basically before, actually that started even before um, arriving to Sweden. Uh, the last year in Scotland, I felt a little disconnected. I was living with my partner and I, you know, uh, the first years, uh, the first three years went kind of okay. I was very busy with, you know, my studying and working, but but then I started to feel a lot of like, you know, lack in, in a human connection and sense of, you know, belonging and yeah being part of something right um and um well my, my situation was particular because i was one of the oldest um people uh student in my class because i started my bachelor again when i was i guess 24 years uh so basically i didn't have the chance to bond with my classmates because they were quite young uh, mm. also you know you're in another country so it is more difficult to to feel you know uh, to, to find that that connection if if it doesn't come from work or, or, or from yeah. you know from school or whatever it is so um, I struggled a little bit I found of course some friends but I still f felt uh, I was missing something and so that's the reason why still when I was in Scotland I I started to think that maybe my partner and I should have like moved perhaps to a bigger house like a villa or something where more people could be there I didn't want to have something you know like everybody on top of each other like mm. no space I wanted to have something you know nice and comfortable but also where naturally you were going to you know meet people and I really was trying to find something that you know had people that wanted to be there to share you know not just like your passive roommate that yeah. Uh, needs to live there because they cannot afford their own place but instead something like more along my line like I can live by myself but I don't know I, I feel like I, I could you know engage a little bit more and, and be with somebody else so, so I started to I'm yeah. sorry go ahead no no go ahead yeah I mean no, that, I don't, like... <laughs> I'm just wondering if um is that something that because I'm, I'm trying to picture myself uh, at 24 you're saying uh and I think I was by that time I was living by myself, I mean, with my partner in our own apartment. And even though I could, I can totally relate with the idea of like missing the, the feeling of having a community around me. I never, it never crossed my mind to look to co-live or like to share. Uh, I, I, I just went the, you know, the way society tells you, right? Like you move with your partner and you live together and there's no going back kind of. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised that you would think of that is it something that I don't know maybe is more common in Italy or how did you how does that come to you mm, well yeah that's actually a very good point I think maybe I was in a different kind of relationship in the sense that um we we were together for like a couple of years and things weren't going exactly you know the best so um I didn't really see uh, you know a long-term future but at that point that was fine I mean you know I was just living by the day uh, and it was good enough for me at that time I mean we were we were bad I mean we were okay together but the thing yeah. is that um so first that that might be one thing if you if you are going toward you know the future of you know you want to build your relationship towards the future steps like you know I don't know whatever you want to do getting married or not having a family like having kids or not you know, um, you want to invest in, in, in your relationship in a, in a certain way is, is, you know, one thing. But at that time, I felt, you know, after two years of being by ourselves, um, I don't know, I maybe I wasn't, yeah, I mean, maybe that relationship wasn't as strong as other people's relationship. I don't know, that, that could be one explanation. But I guess the biggest thing was the fact that... Uh, I got extremely influenced by watching, uh, you know, these American TV shows where they show you like, you know, how much fun you have when you live with other people. And you can also be in a relationship which is monogamy. I'm not saying that, you know, you can have whatever kind of relationship. In my case, it was, you know, I, I didn't want to share my partner or my intimacy. <laughs> so that was where I was coming from. I mean, everybody can come from whatever they wanted. My, my situation was that, but I also saw how also couples were having a lot of fun 
and I'm referring to at that time I was watching uh, New Girl and yeah. there, there was like you know these people living together uh, in this loft and and I don't know I felt so much fun um, and uh, you know at some point two roommates they become a couple so I felt like it's also fun that when you know people be, uh, you know two people are in a, in a relationship but you know you, you can also still have fun together and then I don't know of course friends and so yeah, many other things. Yeah but that's things. the thing yeah. it's like it's crazy because I've been watching friends for 20 years <laughs> and I'm obsessed and for some reason it never like occurred to me that I could make it happen yeah uh, and I don't know why because I yeah I completely relate what you're saying it's like I was watching that and I was like oh gosh I wish this was real life yeah and I guess I didn't know anyone who was in their okay pushing 30s I guess at the time and that was living like that or if they were it wasn't seen oh yeah as something positive I don't know well you know maybe again there is another thing that is different in, in for, for what happened with me because I guess I missed all the college time where people live together mm. uh, and I always wanted so back again like before friends or whatever other tv shows you watch you know again American tv shows because that's where these ideas come from I guess uh, where people attend college and then they live all together. So um, that part um, of being detached from home, for me, was like almost a dream. Uh, mm. Because in Italy, it, 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 when I started to university in Italy, um, that wasn't the way I was living. Uh, you know, most of the people stay with their parents uh, until late in life. Yeah. And at some time, at some point, yes, you can share something. So in my case, I went to study to Rome in Rome. So I rented an apartment with some friends, but it is definitely not the same as having an experience where people are, I don't know, in college where you are in a dorm at that age, I feel like, you know, it would have been so much fun for me to have a smaller place for myself, you know, maybe a, a, a dorm room. And then, and then, you know, you engage with people that are the same age, they're doing this, they are in the same state, you know, phase of their, li of their lives. And it might be very disruptive, of course. So, I mean, it could be very negative. But I mean, for me, it was very fascinating that you could share, you know, you can be kind of independent in your, uh, with in your tribe, you know, somehow. Mm. And I that, totally understand. Yeah. yeah. So because I missed college, and maybe because like a lot of people relate that kind of time to, you know, juvenile kind of situation where you are young you all live together everything is messy everything is like you know dirty and blah 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 <laughs> and then you grow up and you grow out of that phase and you look for something for yourself maybe for me that never happened and I always stayed with that dream of living together like you know at the beginning was college which I never had I moved to mm. Rome I was sharing apartment with girls but it wasn't the same you know uh, it was just like one apartment, four people, and that's all. Yeah. You, we didn't have a community. We didn't have too much going on. Plus, we were living close home. Uh, so during the weekends, everybody tend to, you know, go back to their own places. So you, we, we really didn't build our lives uh, yeah. over there. I was always coming back to my hometown, to my parents' house. And I really, like, wanted to, to, to do something else. But at that time, I didn't have too much chance. I don't know. Um, oh, it's, it's very interesting it's yeah, yeah the fact that you as you say you missed that uh part maybe is what made you want yeah. it as, as a later stage uh, I I really oh it's really interesting to think about that because if I'm thinking about my own yeah those years where I studied I did uh, go to college and share with people and that was awesome and I loved it and I came back and I felt like so frustrated that I could not have that uh again you know and uh it's it's so interesting like how what you live and what you experience really shapes uh what you're gonna do later on so i thought and also because of the movies i think i thought that yeah you go to college you share a room with friends and you have fun and then the real life starts and then you get your own apartment yeah and, uh, yeah no very interesting Okay. Yeah, but then, so, but then exactly the, the dream yeah. didn't didn't end because at the beginning was college, which it did, I didn't have, and then and then I started to watch this like you know TV show about people that were already you know young professionals and yeah. they were still living in that way. So I was thinking, okay, 
I miss that part, but perhaps I can have something else. I can have an apartment with a lot with people that you know we become yeah. friends and and we're part of each other's lives. And I've always been like sharing apartments actually until I went to live with my boyfriend in Scotland for a couple of years. But before that, I kept like you know sharing, and I shared so many apartments, but I never found that connection. People were passing by and it was very difficult to bond. I, I did a little bit, uh, but it, it was very away, far away from that image that I was craving again from friends or, you know. And do, or, do you think that's, that could be because it's such a stage in life where people are kind of building themselves and it's like, we're so young and we're trying a lot of different things and we're studying and nothing feels very serious. Well, serious, school is serious, but And maybe it's hard to kind of establish uh, a sense of, yeah, community then because everything seems so um, short-lived, if that's, if that's a word. Like, school is going to end, the, the school year is going to end, uh, people are going to move back or home or somewhere else or go to the next year and study somewhere else. And Yeah, maybe that could be something. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I started my uh, bachelor in Scotland, I, get, I, I was 24. I shared my apartment with people, like three three guys. They were around maybe my age, a little older. And they were all doing like uh, either master or PhDs. Uh, but I guess in that case, I don't know what it didn't like. I bond with an Italian guy and I guess it's always easier to bond with somebody that uh, comes from the same country as you. Mm -hmm. uh, you have more things in common. So definitely it is extremely easy. Also, my yeah. English wasn't perfect that time. And uh, one of the guys was Irish and I never managed until the last day to really understand everything he said. So that was a little bit of a barrier in our relationship, <laughs> I guess. For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and everybody was doing their life. So basically mm -hmm. the, the house that we were sharing was just like, you know, a, a, a station where they were coming and recharge themselves and change and, you know, and, and then again, back to their lives with their friends or their jobs. So yeah. I don't know whatever it is, but I mean, I guess other people actually buying more I don't know that that was my bond more I mean for me wasn't the the experience I I found and unfortunately so did, you, yeah. so did you end up uh, moving with your boyfriend in some kind of co-living or what uh, what happened no. Uh, no so we well first I was living yeah in uh, after I left this like uh, situation with this house I told you with uh, this um, Italian guy Irish and the other one was a German guy I, I moved out and I moved with my boyfriend for a couple of years in a we just rented our own, our own uh, apartment and then uh, I started to to look for again something like villas or big yeah I mean big apartments or villas And then I was starting to, you know, write ads uh, to try to recruit some people that really wanted to come in. So kind of build a small family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't really find that that much because people weren't really, uh, maybe I just like, you know, didn't approach people in the right way or didn't use the right, you know, uh, medias or whatever. But yeah, some people were more like, you know, looking for a, for a place to rent and yeah, that's all. Yeah. But that idea was already in me when I moved out from Scotland and I write in just before coming to Sweden, I started to look exactly for that. So shared okay. accommodation and I wanted to look for shared accommodation and I decided to have, you know, at least something like four roommates or something like that. So if you don't bind with somebody, if you don't bond with something, with somebody, you can, you can try to, you know, build a relationship with somebody else. You have more chances. Yeah, if there's an Irish guy, then you can talk to, <laughs> to, to else. somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, and and that's what I've done. Um, and then I, I found out like on, on Facebook, there was this ad about uh, this house and it's like, come living with us uh, in the middle of uh, Stockholm in Gamblastown. We are sharing a place with 13 people. And I was like, what? 13? <laughs> Amazing. I was looking for something around five because I couldn't imagine you could live in more than five. So when I saw 13, it blew my mind. And then, and then I it went to scare you. It blew my mind. I was so happy. <laughs> I couldn't imagine it because I thought if it's 13, something must be going on. They must have some fun. I mean, come on, 13 people, they, they come on. There must be something going on. They, it cannot be that they just like, you know, they go there, they sleep and they go, somebody must become friends. <laughs> there must be something. 
And then when I went to check their website, I was extremely, you know, I couldn't even believe it uh, because the that was the smallest, uh, that was the first co-living place in Stockholm, um, the one for 13 people. And they, in their website, they were explaining co-living, which for me, it wasn't even a thing, but it, yeah. I discovered at that point that that was exactly what I was looking for. And they were saying about, you know, sharing, uh, you know, their, you know, daily lives and maybe sometimes meals and be part of, you know, actively of a, a community. And I'm thinking, okay, I cannot, I mean, what this thing exists. Um, so, so that yeah, was that was 24, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so you applied that there. Yeah, I applied there. I was... Uh, I was so nervous. I really wanted to get in. I, I went crazy those days. I had some interviews online. Then I moved to Stockholm and I went to meet them in person. I was, I mean, oh my God, I, I could have died to get a place, a spot <laughs> in there. <laughs> but the thing is like, actually at that time I didn't. Uh, but, I, and so I, when I moved to Stockholm, I stayed for a couple of months in another apartment. I, sh I just like rented a room. Um, but then I also discovered that that wasn't the only house they had. They had another one <laughs> and that was home for 50 people. So I cannot even like, again, like if 13 blew my mind, seriously, when I saw 50, I was going, cra I went crazy. I completely lost, you know, I mean, I was over the moon. I needed to meet these people. I needed to see what was going on, how they were living. I just wanted to be part of that so badly. And so That's finally so I got an interview nice. with them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, seriously, if I thought I was happy with 13 when I saw 50, I was just like all over the place. It's completely the opposite of my reaction when I heard 50. I was like, oh my God, it's like a frat <laughs> house. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, anyway. yeah, you had experience a little bit of the college. So maybe you saw something. I mean, I never seen it. So yeah. I couldn't really think like, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess when you have a lot of people in, in a college situation, they, it is a real, a real mess. So that's the first thing people tell me all the time when I say 50. And I, I cannot relate to that because I never experienced that. But I understand where they're coming from now. And so you got an interview there mm -hmm. at 29. Yeah. you got in. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember the day that uh, Stefan, the recruiter of that time, called me. Uh, I was on a train and I started to cry. <laughs> I was too happy. <laughs> I was extremely happy. Yeah. Um, the, the interview was a little long because I first emailed them. I, uh, yeah, there was an application. Then, you know, they got, con they contact me. Uh, and then I met them in three different occasions, I think. And during one of those, I also met you, Morgan, that interviewed me as a group interview with other housemates. We really liked you. We really bond right away. Yeah, I remember that night. It was in the living room. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember we were supposed to switch and we didn't want to switch because we were still talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I felt a little bit, it was weird because I felt like a little bit of a, as a competition, I, I didn't expect to be invited to the house for a um, group interview. And so when I saw that I wasn't the only one applying, uh, and I mean, being interviewed, I felt, oh my God. Um, yeah, I, it discouraged me a little bit because I thought, you know, maybe my chances are not that high that I can get in. Look how many people want to come and I don't know how many spots are available. Who knows? But yeah. then everything, yeah, went fine. And what's, what's super interesting is that you were so eager to move in that you were not uh, afraid to... Because one thing I think is important to mention is that K9 uh, offers single rooms, but also shared rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you were not afraid to share your room with a stranger basically yeah uh how was that i mean like what was your mindset when you applied and you realized that this is what i'm gonna get yeah i mean i already made peace with that because uh when i applied to the other house the smaller smaller one has 24 um the when you are a new person uh, you need to be in the bunk bed and that's uh the bunk bedroom is like you know a room shared by six people um and you know, the only experience I had was in hostels. And uh, I mean, they weren't fine. And I don't know, living and working 
you know, you know, if that was going to be bad. Uh, so I actually considered at the beginning, should I apply or not? I mean, can I see myself living in that way? And uh, basically, I mean, I thought it was going to be challenging, definitely. But yeah. the, but then I, I, I mean, you know, worst case scenario, you can just go away if that doesn't work for you. But I was extremely eager to, to join that, you know, I felt like, I don't know, I don't know, let's give it a try. I don't, I don't care. And so when I applied also for K9, I also applied for the bank bed. Uh, also, in, at K9, you can move in other rooms. You don't need to start from the bunk bed. But in my case, I, that was more of a necessity at that time because I couldn't afford a single room. So I decided just to start with the bunk. And then the bunk was, was not available. Actually, the only availability was a, um, a double room, which was a little bit more expensive. But I decided, like, you know, I don't care. I, 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 I still have money to live, well, you know, and buy food, and that's fine. I, uh, that's okay. And so that's, that's what I got when I moved in. And so you, you didn't, it didn't cross your mind that I'm, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm projecting a lot of my own uh, <laughs> uh, story with canine because I remember I also had this situation where I could not afford a single room, even though that would have been my first choice. And mm -hmm. uh, I ended up in a double room, and I remember thinking that, I was 31 at the time. I remember thinking, this is it. Like, this is like the lowest point in my life, in my adult life. Like, I have to share my bedroom with someone I don't know. And uh, I don't know, I was very afraid of that feeling of, you know, you open the door to your room and you, you're silently praying that no one's in there, right? It's like this fear of having someone in your space. And, okay, that didn't happen. I always had awesome roommates, including you. But... Um, yeah, it's it's so. I wish I had your your approach to it, where you're like, no, so excited, I'm doing this. This is going to be great. Uh, and the irony being that I always had awesome roommates, but you didn't. <laughs> so. No, exactly. But I think that's exactly what I felt uh, good about because um, I I shared my rooms with a lot of people uh, again for necessity uh, mm. when I started to yeah for um, when I left for university, but. Um, that, that's what it's, it, I mean, I was sure that I was going to be fine because uh, this was an intentional community. So yeah. I felt like people wanted me to be there. People didn't want me to, you know, uh, I, I felt like I was not going to be sharing a room with somebody that didn't want me to enter, which actually didn't happen. <laughs> actually, my first roommate uh, at K9 was exactly like that. She didn't really want me around. <laughs> it was a little bit of a shock. Uh, it was very disorientating at that, at that point. Uh, it's yeah. a funny story thinking back now, but the first two months were a little tough and then she moved out and then I moved in with you and then the, the real cool living life uh, started at that point. So yeah, you never know. You never know. Even if they promise you that you're going to have people that want to share, it might, might not be the case. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think Looking back at it, I think we can both say that uh, she was not where uh, she was supposed to be. I mean, she was not happy there. Uh, no, definitely. Definitely not an intentional uh, decision for her to, to be there. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, intentional community is the, the key word here, right? It's like we all want to be there, so it changes everything. It's not just, it's actually not economical decision at all because it's quite expensive if you think about it. But um, In our case, it really was. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess in our case, the bad, the bad part of the, the feather was very expensive is that it was very expensive. And so <laughs> it really limited a lot. Like, so maybe a lot of great people that could have moved, couldn't, you know, like didn't really mm -hmm. move in because of that. It was a little, you know, it's a, it's a hard selection on money at that point, which is really yeah. sad. But from another point of view, I mean, you know, there is a there is a positivity in that. So you, we need to we need to take the the bright side, and and that was that people really made an active choice because yeah. you know for the same price you can afford to have your own apartment sometimes in in other places, right? If you want to rent a single room at K9, you can definitely rent your own apartment or studio apartment. Okay, something smaller, but your own. Yeah. So that's the reason why everybody when when I said the price of my room, they thought I was crazy. It's for the same, you know, money. And so, so like at that point, they really understood. So you, wait a second. So you're paying 
for that for being in that place so, so like you you're really paying more so it's not for I don't okay what am I missing you know people really did, didn't get it and it's fun every time I get that <laughs> reaction yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what I got I got it so much but it's because it's the complete reverse of what people think right it's like the, yeah. the the common idea or common knowledge is that if you share is to reduce cost right and yeah. we were sharing increasing our cost but feeling so much richer of other things right yeah but, to understand that you actually have to experience it so it was really hard to explain to people yeah it, is, it still yeah. is I mean seriously yeah. um I mean I, at that point at some point I decided like I was getting it very personal because I don't know people were very skeptical and I, I don't know yeah I mean at that point you try to explain but I guess there are just two two different type of people the one that where you're saying I share my my house with 50 people and we are you know like we do a lot of things together and blah 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 so you give some information and you see certain people they well when you say 50 everybody like you know their eyes like they they pop out like every time but then you know one group of people is just more like you know get very excited it's like what oh my god you must have so much fun and then another type is like you know and most of the people are like that they're just like very lost and they don't understand mm, mm, mm. and so the first thing they say all the time is like oh yeah well I understand that so they are very understanding and they say you you moving from abroad you know it's important that you find your connection your friends because it's more difficult and most likely you're gonna you know also um, spend less money so no it is not true I'm spending more money and no, it is not true because half of the people are Swedish and they, some of them, you know, they can have their own apartments in, in Stockholm. Some of them actually have it and they decided to, you know, leave it to come to our place. So, but I mean, what can you say, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I think we've all many times tried to not convince, but at least convince people we're not crazy, I guess. Yeah, that was the main, I feel uh, very, yeah, very yeah. defensive all the time. I feel, yeah. I feel very defensive. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I feel like I shouldn't be defensive. Maybe my approach is wrong. I feel attacked all the time. Yeah, the thing is because we care about it so much. And it, it's so, it's hard to, it's a hard sell, I think. <laughs> it is, um, it is. Yeah. But I mean, so actually it's a good jump to the next question is like, to explain to people how wonderful it is or how much fun we had like do you have any defining moments or encounters uh over those three years that you lived there like that memories that stay with you that maybe change the way you see things or change yeah something for you do you have any specific moments? well or people I don't know. Or whatever? yeah so many <laughs> difficult to well i don't know if i um well the main ones of course I was very happy to find you we I mean me and you we had a very nice you know way of living together but we were, were very lucky I guess it is not easy just a second let me close the window yeah I mean uh we we found a, a great balance uh with you and so I I was very happy of you know uh, find you in the morning sometimes especially during weekends and chat a little bit and then uh, you know those little things like the everyday life which is ex which is like what makes me suffer now that I'm not living at K9 anymore um, because yeah you have that social contact and you, you can always go back you can you can talk to people you can join events but for me it was the everyday life that made it all different so it, it was very spontaneous and uh, effort free like effortless so basically we woke up and we just like hey good morning good morning you know chat a little bit and then uh, sometimes you were going out and do pancakes for the entire floor or most of the time I was still sleeping when you were doing pancakes and then I woke up and everything it was just like you know so beautiful and ready in the kitchen so uh, you know I I the big the nicest part was that when I woke up and I and I heard already people in the kitchen chatting and laughing and 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 I felt like gosh I need to move like oh my god I mean I don't want to miss this so that sensation of jumping out of the bed and um 
and getting ready in the bathroom, like, you know, we dress up a little, I mean, not dress up, but, you know, put some clothes on, change it, take away your pyjama or not sometimes and get out because I didn't want to miss that because it was so appealing to hear everybody having a good time. And so, you know, knowing already that then I was going to come in the kitchen and everybody was going to be like, you know, super welcoming. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, yeah, we have eggs. We have this. Grab a chair. And everything was so, you know, crowded. It's like, okay, when are we going to see? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I can just be here. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, when everybody was squishing. And, and then maybe like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later, we found places for other Thai people that were going to join the same table that was already crowded when I joined. Um, and, uh, the, and, and, you know, having the, any discussion at all from the silliest one to something deeper, doesn't matter. We were eating. And then at some point, you know, especially I guess winter time, we had fun, uh, when there was not too much going on outside and maybe it was bad weather or whatever. And we found ourselves staying at the table until sometimes up until dinner. So, you know, times were passing by, okay, it's time for lunch. And then you were chatting, blah, 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 blah. And then at some point, shall we do something already together for dinner? Yeah, why not? You know what? Let's make pizza. Let's make tacos. Let's do that. And then, you know, and then yeah. that was a day. That was a day. That was a Sunday or that was a Saturday. I, I mean, that's, that's priceless. That, that was, I guess those are the best memories I have from, oh from living God. together. I'm just like, I have the biggest smile on my face just thinking about and reminiscing while you're talking. It's so true. I mean, it's, it's very interesting that you mentioned laughter because I, um, well, I'm doing a little bit on writing on the side about canine, actually. And one thing that I wrote was that, that the laughter, when I was in my bedroom hearing people laugh and recognizing, yeah. recognizing people's laugh and yeah. knowing who was there and who was laughing. And this is such a powerful thing such a powerful song and it makes you feel so at home and comfortable knowing that you yeah. can join that I, yes. I can completely relate I, I really like that that you said that and also the the winter in Sweden is so tough so I think yeah those winter times just being together hanging really literally hanging was uh, just the most beautiful way of spending a, a gloomy uh, Swedish weekend I guess exactly yeah, the everyday life I think it's a really good answer uh, completely and how would you say because you mentioned that you don't live there anymore so you moved out a couple of what a month ago yeah two? I guess it's maybe two or three I remember July something like that yeah so yeah. like a couple of months now yeah. oh my god this thing <laughs> much longer <laughs> <laughs> and so how would you say your time in in canine changed you maybe or the way you see others like did it impact you in any way Oh, well, absolutely. Um, again, the co-living we had in Stockholm is maybe peculiar, or I don't know, because I didn't, I cannot, um, I don't have any other point of references. So I don't know around the world how people are organizing co-living. But I can tell you that the people that made canine are extremely uh, amazing, seriously. Um, they... I don't know. It is a great selection. Unfortunately, maybe it's due to the fact that, you know, people that have, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It attracts people that are, um, that they have a great background in terms of like, from a human perspective, from a professional perspective, from an educational perspective, they are quite amazing. Uh, and when you put them all together, it, it really creates an environment that is quite unique and mm. be, be around them, you know, like you grow just by being there because seriously, these people are, are amazing. And they, I mean, for me, it was great. It was a continuous stimulation and a continuous, you know, challenge of challenging myself and what I believe and what I, what I thought, because um the greatest thing it was like there was a lot of discussions about things and it wasn't like the way how I I am used to discuss when you know especially in my home country I found that there are no discussions but that I mean I don't want to you know it's not the same everywhere that was my that that's my experience and for me mm. 
is only one way usually when a person says something to you and then you perhaps say something bad but there is not an exchange at canine is only about exchanging so like everybody just reconsider whatever they just said so like they said i do believe that but i'm ready to listen to what you say and if you can make me change your mind please do because i i i love to see some some other point of view and it goes like back and forward and, and you know and, and that that approach it, it's uh, it's unbelievable it, it really taught me a lot of things um how to approach like anything to mm. see more points of view and people also come from different countries i mean half of them are from sweden but then other people are from a little bit everywhere um and it's interesting to to get to know them and to we, we're trying to be very respectful and trying to understand that whatever for me it might be a, you know a joke or something not offensive for another person could be extremely bad and for another person could be extremely funny even if i don't understand why so understanding that it also like you know makes you un- see yourself in a different way you know like i'm used to do things in one way and now i'm i'm, I'm seeing myself from outside and yeah. through the eyes of all all these amazing people and uh, you, you discover a lot of things. So definitely it changed me in, in so many ways and enriched me. And then, yeah, practically also learned a lot. Yeah, these people do amazing works and, and jobs. And so like when you, when you talk to them, you, you learn a lot. Yeah. I could not agree more. I mean, you, you said exactly what I think. So that's quite fascinating to listen <laughs> to someone expressing what you have in your mind. It's uh, quite, <laughs> quite interesting. <laughs> Um, and so you moved out. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna assume. I don't know. Is it financial reasons or like you? I mean, you as a partner. Is it like? You... Yeah. It it was um well it was primarily um the pandemic, but then also yeah, the of course. but then also of course financially was a bad a bad a bad. I mean, let's say it was for the pandemic. That was the pri- primary. Yeah. Uh, problem so like my my partner moved in with me from Italy um so this is another partner another one from Scotland um, <laughs> and so we met a year ago and uh, he's from my hometown and and uh, he was very you know uh, happy to move abroad to do his master thesis and when he when we started this relationship he decided to give it a try in, in Stockholm and he found a place uh, so he moved in with me in Canine uh and and took your place oh, I'm, morgan I'm because you lost. yeah sorry oh. can you repeat the last sentence i, I didn't yes that. yeah um so basically like he was i don't know where you got uh, he, anyway, he, anyway. he moved into he sorry he moved in with yeah. you yes and he got your spot uh so where, yes. where i mean first we, we were like sharing so the room we were sharing together now i was sharing it with my boyfriend um and um so he did his master's thesis and then after that uh, five months he most likely was gonna get hired or, or like having more opportunities but with the pandemic everything got you know uh, a little bit uh, frozen so yeah. therefore um because i'm the only source of income it's me at the time uh, i mean right now it is i cannot afford to pay also his rent and um so we decided to move out for that uh, yeah. But also, uh, the the primary. I mean, actually, before thinking of money uh, for one month, we started to engage with the idea of moving out because we didn't feel quite safe at home, um, safe ourselves, but also safe towards the the community and not and not talking the canine community, but like you know, people outside, uh, yeah. you know, in Stockholm in general. Yeah. We didn't really know. It was a it was a hard time. Um, because I mean, the, a, a pandemic is a hard time for everybody. On top of that, you live in a country, uh, you know, you live abroad, so it, it adds a, a layer of difficulties. And on top of that, if you're in Sweden during a pandemic, <laughs> during this pandemic, then you know how different that approach was. So uh, it was very, uh, we we felt quite lost in the house as well because you know because the approach was different and in each of our countries the approach was different but a little bit more similar than in Sweden and so that was challenging for everybody especially coming I mean from abroad and living in Sweden in general I guess and on Mm. top of that we were in a co-living place sharing our home with 50 people 
which is a, it's even more complicated. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it was very stressful at that time to know what to do. Um, I've tried to do like what I thought it was the best thing for, you know, for, the, for others. But then I don't know. It was very difficult. It was very difficult. And then, and so we ended up like, you know, we didn't know what to do, you know, sharing the kitchen together. It was very difficult because people were still going to work and coming back uh, or engage outside and coming back. And, and that was like, you know, during the deadly month of, of uh, you know, the pandemic. And, and we, we, we didn't know what to do to, to be safe ourselves, but also to, to, to stop spreading this virus around if that was around uh, at that time in that house. We didn't know. And so I mean, it was stressful. Uh, so we decided to live in our room. So basically we spent, I think, a good two months, if not three, basically living in our rooms, like, uh, you know, sleeping and then, and then working from, from there and then also eating. So um, we didn't, you know, we, we avoided staying in the, uh, in the common spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end, we were just thinking, I don't know what's going on. Like during this time, everything is so uncertain. It is better if we move out. So at least we can be fine. We have our space and financially we're fine. It was the best choice we could make at that time. And I don't regret it. But I yeah. am extremely like, yeah, it, it is really, uh, it's so sad. No, but I think I, I completely understand. And I, I guess... I would have done the same. I mean, I kind of did the same thing in a way, <laughs> slightly different. But um, I think Sweden made it really difficult for uh, anyone in a co-living uh, because, uh, I mean, you come from Italy, I come from France. Uh, the government was really, government had come pretty clear guidelines, right, of what people were supposed to do and how to react and what was allowed and not allowed. So anyone can complain about that, of course. Uh, but at least it was pretty clear-ish, whereas Sweden was very much uh, letting their people decide what was best for them. And I think it's, I guess it's fine if you're living by yourself or with just your family. Uh, But when you're living with 50 people coming from different countries, as you said, different backgrounds, different culture, uh, then it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely the recipe for disaster because then everybody has their opinion. And since the government empowers the individual to make up their mind, it, yeah. it becomes very difficult to come to an agreement. So I, I yeah. completely understand that. It must have been extremely stressful during that time. Um, but if we forget the pandemic for a second, uh, yeah. and if we forget, if we think that money is not an issue, how would you, if you could live in any way today, how would you decide to live? I will definitely um, join another co-living again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, well, um, I guess there are different things I will consider. So like if I could have the option today, right here, right now, yes, I will move back to Kenai because I know it, yeah. I know what it is and I'm happy. And, and But I know that that also, um, it would be, um, um, you know, for a certain amount of time. Uh, no, so more a uh, short-term than a long-term solution because uh, that house is more um, of a growing place and, and then people kind of move away. I mean, we have a lot of like, you know, people moving and moving and being happy, but then also going towards the next stage, the next stage of their lives where they start to live with a partner or they move abroad for another job or wh- whatever they decide to do. But um, there is a lot of like you know changing in that house um, and it's a young I perceive it as being a young kind of environment so people are pretty much into like you know having fun and perhaps having some parties in, in the house or outside the house it, it, is, it is a young crowd definitely um, and I feel um, that I could still fit in there for a little while but then I also believe that at a certain point I I would need to find a little bit more of a kind of family friendly or, or mm. fa- family family um, uh, oriented kind of yeah. Uh, people. Yeah, definitely. And so, well, yeah, my dream has always been like at some point perhaps I could have a family 
I could, uh, you know, have kids or, or like, you know, um, yeah, perhaps, uh, and, and live around other uh, people that, you know, are similar, like with that sort of mentality. So I want to have an intentional community. I want to be part of other people's life and care about it and have this little project together, which can be, you know, building this community or, or building something together physically or, or like, you know, events or something. So that sort of sense of belonging and purpose together uh, with my neighbors and perhaps like, yeah, I feel like I would like to have these physical boundaries of my own space. So me, my partner, my, my kids, I would like to have it like in, in a, you know, sort of like, yeah, a small house, let's say, mm. and then uh, be surrounded by, by other uh, people like that. So basically kind of like the next step would be co-housing instead of. Co-housing. Yes, yeah. exactly. I love, yeah. I love that idea. Definitely. Uh, yeah the co-housing it would be the best thing <laughs> that's yeah. yes okay. absolutely yeah i i realize we've almost been talking for an hour already <laughs> i think <laughs> with you and i we could go on forever but i still have a few yeah. questions though um i have three questions i actually have a billion questions but three questions that I, I think we should go through is uh um if you have to take with you one or two lesson like best lesson learned from canine and greatest challenge what would that be one or two lessons mm, let me think huh, that's a good one i think it deserves thinking but i also know we don't have that much time so i'm gonna go no wait. no 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 rush <laughs> 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 Um, let me think. Okay, so the first lesson I've learned definitely, uh, the most important maybe is that um, everybody can can be heard. I mean, the, the, there are ways to communicate in an effective way without talking on each other and in a, you know being respectful on so many levels that I, I never seen before. Um, so when I talk and I speak, so we have this, um, uh, what's the name, um, house meetings every month. And we have yeah. so many people attending, sometimes I mean 30, uh, and you know we need to discuss about some topics, about the house or whatever, events and so on. And you know sometimes some, some topics might be, you know, very intense and and people need to discuss about you know sometimes like you know difficult topics i would say and you need to coordinate 30 people to express themselves and it can go on and on and they can be quite frustrated but it's amazing how uh, effective i see those meetings in comparison to uh when i am at work and in other places Mm. where people are discussing and it is so difficult because there is you know um it becomes ugly very easily. But at K9, I felt it is, you know, it, it always maintained a, a sort of like, you know, decor. I mean, it, it's very respectful towards people's feelings and, and, and things like that. But, but you still say things. So if you're not happy with something that happened, that something, you know, make you very angry or whatever, whatever it is, if it's a sensitive topic, people speak up, but in a yeah. respectful way, which I've never seen before. And you need to be extra respectful when you are speaking with people again of different ages, different, you know, uh, cultures, because, you know, whatever it is for me that is normal or is not, you know, aggressive, some people could perceive as aggressive because I'm Italian. I tend to to, la- to, to be very loud and some people might miss weed and they're just thinking I am losing my shit completely. So it is nice that everybody kind of, are, uh, you know, try to calibrate. Yeah. Uh, so that's number one. Wow, it's amazing. It's possible. It is possible to do that. And um, yeah, I mean that. And then another amazing thing that I've learned is like, yeah, I think now just to say again what we said before is the the power of laughing. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Um, it's amazing. Like it, it really. I don't know, it's, um, it creates a sense of well-being very deep that, um, yeah, that I, I really miss a lot. It, it is very simple and genuine and, uh, and it's so powerful. So, yeah. 
the power of love <laughs> yes <Yeah>. and then <laughs> um in terms of challenging yeah uh, ch challenges like yeah i don't know i guess the pandemic was the most challenging time and uh, it didn't go for me i felt um it is it is difficult when when there is a real crisis but this is a real crisis i mean this is not everyday life but when there yeah. is a real crisis uh we miss a sort of maybe i don't know leadership or but the leadership was supposed to be maybe the government i mean this is a, these are problems that everybody is encountering right now so it is not a problem of the co-living but if you're in a co-living and then you have a crisis you know as you said if you live in your apartment you make your own decision but if you don't then the community needs to face it and for me that was extremely challenging uh yeah, yeah facing facing a crisis um it is difficult. This time was a pandemic, but you know, that could be other things that could be bankruptcy, which we had at some point uh, in the past. Um, and, uh, and other things that I feel we lacked a lot of coordinations and that is very difficult to find. It's nice to speak about how to spend our money, our house budget, uh, what to do with guests, what shall we do if we have journalists at home and discussing a lot of other topics, it's great. But then if there is a problem, I, I feel uh, we are so many people and it is extremely difficult. Yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, completely. I think that came com uh, keeps coming back every time there's something really difficult. Uh, and it's also in, in hard times that you, you, know, you realize uh, what's working, what's not working. But um, I think every time we hit this type of crisis, so like financial crisis we had a couple of years ago yeah. and now the pandemic, I think the community um, sees that there's a bit of a higher turnover. People live um, the house, uh, but yeah, there's always new people coming in. So the, the community renews itself somehow, but, yeah. uh, but definitely um, it is something that, yeah, the community needs to work on uh, figuring out ways to, uh, yeah, ride the this type of roller coaster in a in a more sustainable way i guess but then again mm -hmm. who could have predict who could have yeah. predicted a, a world pandemic uh yeah uh yeah, this is a tough one ready for that yeah <laughs> i think i have my last question then um what makes a home hmm wow <laughs> that's a good question um i feel for me what makes home um it's a place where i feel safe and uh where i can yeah where i can relax where where i feel um a sense of coziness and that comes from the place itself so um speaking about you know um physically so how is my bedroom do i have the right light so that i can you know relax and the right plants you, know, yeah. you have a lot of the plants. right plants exactly <laughs> yes do i see plants and you know I, do i have the right colors around so yeah something that makes me come back home and makes me feel like oh i'm finally relaxing this day is ending and now it's a time for me right. uh so that uh but that sense of coziness comes also with uh safe yeah safe and coziness and coziness comes from having people around that makes you feel exactly in that way so as i said before i found i felt i found it to be extremely like you know cozy to wake up in the morning and having everybody you know um hanging out uh, in the kitchen have uh, breakfast together same things when we have dinner together uh or like you know watching a movie on a sofa or or uh, you know anything at all it is it is so cozy yeah mm. so that's it must be both things i i feel like if i was with amazing people but then i was like in a really you know bad room at some point i would suffer that and i guess you yeah. had that sensation when you were in the bunk bed you couldn't Definitely. really feel yeah. safe yeah. and and, and you, you know you always like you don't relax uh yeah. but then but then i can have the best place ever you can give me an amazing villa with tv and everything but if i'm alone nothing i mean seriously i I yeah. I would definitely not enjoy that. Maybe maybe yeah. the first two days. <laughs> no, I, I yeah I completely relate to that as well. Um, yeah, coziness 
and safety sounds like a perfect combo wow i feel like there's so much we could talk about but i just don't know how long <laughs> we could go on um maybe we do another one someday yeah sure to, to cover but uh thank you so much is there anything you think that we should have mentioned or do you think no i guess i guess it was a nice yeah discussion um a nice chat okay great well thank you so much marika thank you have a good afternoon you too bye and just like that we have our second episode i personally find it fascinating to look back at a shared experience with someone and see what that person picked up and what stayed with her hopefully you enjoyed it too If you want to know more about a life inside the pods, you can follow K9 at K9 Co-Living on Instagram. And of course, stay tuned for more discussions with co-livers.